proclaimed a republic, which lasted only until 1874 when the Bourbon dynasty was restored with the coronation of Alphonse XII, son of Isabella II. King Alphonse finally succeeded in ending the Carlist War in 1876. This, then, is the historical background of Borojas's novel, Salakayen the Adventurer. The story takes place mainly during the last of the Carlist Wars, which was from 1872 to 76. The setting for the adventure is primarily the Basque region of Spain, located in the north in the western area of the Pyrenees. The Basque territories in Spain include the provinces of Navarre, Alava, Guipuscoa, and Biscay. The French Basque territories in the Departamento de Basse de Pyrenees are Basse Navarre, La Bourde, and Sol. Basques are energetic, individualistic people who have traditionally been staunch Catholics. The pretender, Charles, and his successors received strong support from the Basque regions because of the religious fanaticism associated with his movement and because Charles opposed the attempts by the liberals to encroach upon local privileges in these provinces. The Basques have always held tenaciously to their fueros, which are laws granting provincial rights and privileges. Even in very recent times, Basque separatist movements have caused problems for the Spanish government. The Basques speak their own language. Although it is known that Basque does not belong to the Indo-European family, the precise origin of this language is still a mystery. Today, however, most Basques speak Spanish or French. The author of Salakayen the Adventurer, Pio Barroja Inesi was born in San Sebastian in the Basque province of Guipuscoa on December 28, 1872, the year in which the last Carlist War began. He died in Madrid on October 30, 1956. Barroja was certainly one of the best Spanish novelists of the 20th century. He is the foremost novelist of the Generation of 1898, which was a group of highly creative, individualistic, concerned Spanish writers who succeeded in infusing new life into their literature. The term Generation of 1898 was popularized by Azorin, pseudonym of José Martínez Ruiz, one of its most prominent members. The year 1898 was, of course, a significant one in Spanish history, because it marked the culmination of a decadence that had begun back in the 16th century. The writers of Barajas's generation, although individualistic, were nevertheless united in their dissatisfaction with the situation then existing in their country. The generation of 1898 is, therefore, not a genuine literary movement, but rather a term that characterizes the spirit of an era whose writers displayed their sincere concern for their country's present and future, and who sought to revive some of the past glory. In addition to Borroja and Azorin, the group includes Miguel de Unamuno, Ramon Maria de Valencline, Antonio Mochado, Juan Ramon Jimenez, and Jacinto Benevente. Although Borroja revealed his typical Basque individualism, by denying his membership in the generation of 1898, or in any other group for that matter, his pessimism 
Critical attitude and concern for his country are characteristic also of his contemporaries. Barroja studied medicine and worked as a doctor for a few years in a small town in his native Basque country. He soon became disillusioned with that life and went to Madrid to operate a bakery. Finding no success in that venture either, Barrojas decided to try writing. At last, he had found his forte. He succeeded in selling his articles to the Madrid newspapers and published his first book in 1900. Among Barrojas's literary favorites were Poe, Dickens, Balzac, and Dostoevsky. But again, in regard to his novels, Barroja was a unique individualist. He was a very productive author, with approximately 100 literary works to his credit. His early novels were regional, set in the Basque provinces. He arranged many of the novels written in his youth in trilogies. In the trilogy The Struggle for Life, Barroja deals with the Madrid proletariat and displays his anarchistic tendencies. And in the trilogy The Fanciful Life, the author describes the struggles of life through the characters Sylvester Paradox and Ferdinand Osorio with autobiographical touches. Memoirs of a Man of Action is the general title of a series of historical or semi-historical novels, similar in scope and treatment at least to the national episodes of Perez Galdós. In the novels of Barroja, plot and characterization always take second place to action. The author himself, however, was not a man of action, but rather a reflective man who wrote about men of action. Thus, in his works, we usually find a conflict between action and reflection. Martin Salakayen is a fine example of Barojas's man of action. He has an insatiable appetite for it, as he reveals near the end of the novel. At that point he says, What do you expect? I grow up wild like the grass, and I need action, continuous action. There was a strong picaresque strain evident in most of Barrojas's work. We can certainly see this in the character of Martin Salacain as he struggles to overcome the numerous obstacles confronting him in his efforts to make something of his life. Along with the picaresque quality, Barrojas's novels contain many episodic and anecdotal interludes. The plot is never contrived. Things happen in his novels as they do in life, in a desultory, unpredictable fashion. But because of the accent on action, Barrojas's novels are fast-moving and easy to read. The pessimistic note is usually apparent, but often counterbalanced by satirical humor. Salakain the Adventurer is, then, a regional novel with a strong historical background. It appeared in 1909 as the third novel of the trilogy, Baskland. It is lighter in tone than the two preceding novels of the trilogy, The House of Aizgorri, of 1900, a novel in the dramatic form on life in a Basque village, and The Eldest Son of Labraz, of 1903, a pessimistic story of Basque country life, which presents the story of two unscrupulous characters. Salakayen the Adventurer, has always been one of Barrojas's most popular novels, probably because the pessimistic mood does not prevail here and because of the youthful exuberance with which it abounds. It is definitely one of the author's most entertaining and enjoyable works.
James P. Dindle, Mount Union College. Salakayin, the Adventurer Prologue What the town of Erbia was like in the last third of the 19th century Erbia is surrounded by a high black wall of stone. This wall continues along the highway, bounds the town on the north, and when it reaches the river it twists and bisects the church, leaving part of the presbytery out of its circumference, and then scales a summit and encloses the city on the south. In the fosses, one still sees puddle-marked terrain with the weeds and posterns full of shackles, cut-off sentry boxes, moss-covered step-ladders. All around, on the slopes facing the fortification, are tall and romantic groves, thickets and clusters of trees, and green meadows dotted with little flowers. Nearby on the steep hill at the foot of which the town rests, a somber castle hides amidst gigantic elm trees. From the highway, Irby appears as a cluster of decrepit, decayed, sloping houses with overhanging wooden balconies and belvederes that peep over the black stone wall which surrounds them. Erbia is divided into two districts, the old and the new. The old one, the street, as it is called by Antonomasia and Basque, is primarily formed by two narrow winding little streets on a slope which merge in the square. From the road of the old town, one can view a broken line of oblique and dirty roofs which gradually descends from the castle to the river. The houses, elevated within the stone belt of the city, seem at first sight to be in a rigid and uncomfortable position. However, just the contrary is true because between the foot of the houses and the fortified walls,